All right. Well, I'd like to welcome the team to come on up and uh, let's uh, just take a minute to share, show you some fun pictures because remember, I keep telling you, this is not just us going. This is, yeah, give them a hand. Give them a hand. These people have been troopers, absolute troopers. This trip has been, um, I would have to say, above and beyond. Every trip that we do, I always feel like it was the best, but I think that this one, we really took a turn towards even more effectiveness. Let's see, we got two empty chairs. Who didn't show up? Nia. I know that. Oh, Lloyd. Lloyd. All right. Lloyd's in Mexico. I know that. So maybe let's uh, take those chairs out and scoot you guys together so you all look good. Um, but anyway, I, these people, you know, sometimes you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. And uh, so I, for fear of wanting to uh, scare you away from joining us the next time, there were definitely some unforeseen things that happened on this trip. And uh, some really fun things, some hard things, some good things. But these guys were troopers. I drug these people, actually, through three African countries in 13 days. On, <laughs> yeah, three. We were illegal vi- uh, aliens for a time. So I don't know how you feel about that. But uh, we were definitely illegal aliens every night when we went to bed. Um, I'll just kind of give you a quick overview, and then we're going to give you some fun stories. So we left here on the 21st of August, and we flew um, through Paris and then into uh, Nairobi, Kenya. And we landed there fairly late at night and then uh, found out that our transportation really couldn't drive well because they didn't have um, permits to drive at night. So they shoved us all into these itty-bitty, teeny-tiny, how-small cars. I mean, and then we ended up, what was supposed to be just an hour or two, ended up being four and a half hours into the night. Yeah, you just are going to want to come on a trip with me again. And uh, so we we did not land at our place of of sleep until, um, and it had been well over 30 hours, 3 a.m., and then they wanted to feed us dinner. I looked at him, I said, you can do it in 20 minutes, we'll eat. If not, we're to bed. And uh, so, but we ate and we went to sleep, got up the next morning, did just amazing ministry there in Kenya. And then we uh, drove all the way back to the airport. Yes, it was a long trip in uh, better cars this time and flew to Entebbe. And we got there, woke up the next morning and hit the ground running, ministering in churches. And then the next morning, on Monday morning, we drove to Matukula which is literally down on the Tanzanian border. In fact, we slept, so we had to go across the Tanzanian border. We did not realize that. We were not told. And we did not bring our passports. So all we could do is smile. And they let us through. It was hilarious. It was a big arm that was all crooked and old, probably about a 100-year-old arm that had a big box of rocks on the end of it that, that kind of counterweighted it. <laughs> and we drove through and we slept every night in Tanzania, but apparently across the street it was Uganda. So, you know. And then every day we would drive out the back of town so we didn't have to cross the border again, out the back of town over the mountains to the maternity clinic, which was in Uganda. So it was quite interesting (laughs) at times. So we are going to share some things, though, just kind of pulling some things out of our trip. And Spencer's going to share at first. We're going to have pictures rolling. And um, I apologize if the pictures aren't in order or the coolest ones, just because, you know, we haven't even been home 24 hours yet. So, Spencer, come on up. I hear you slept how many hours last night? Uh, Twelve. Twelve? Yeah. You slept 12 <laughs> hours last night? Yeah. I think I, think I had the record. Yeah, um, you, you hold it. And I probably could have gone for 14, but... <laughs> his his Patty wife woke, woke him up. Me up. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us about Kenya? Okay, I'm just going to share real brief about Kenya. Uh, we can go ahead and turn the slides on. Uh, so we did a... Well, that's... So this is Pastor Andrew, or Pastor Canada Jackson's church that he's building. Um, it's all complete. The walls are all there. Uh, we just, he's waiting on trusses. This is the baptismal that's going to be there. And uh, he's really believing that God's going to provide finances so that he can put a roof on and open this building. Uh, it's, it's quite a magnificent building, actually. It's very large. And uh, we were prophesying that it's going to be so full. There's going to be kids sitting in the windows. And so it's going to be good. Just go ahead and 
roll through some of these. Oh, so here's uh, Dr. Jared Cook. And <laughs> Gerard Cook. I don't know how to say Jared Cook. And, and uh, Dr. Dr. Nia, Nia Smith. Nia yeah. Smith. Uh, they weren't She's too, really nurse, a nurse. Yeah, but, yeah Jared know. and Nia weren't too happy about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they're basically our doctors there. I can't see what that is. The crusade. That's the crusade. Uh, so we had crusade two nights there. Uh, we had a couple people speak, give their testimonies. Uh, P- Patty spoke and had a cow like walk right, like people moved and the cow walked right in front and just kept going. <laughs> While she's preaching. So she says she saved a cow's life. A holy cow, yeah. And this is, uh, is this at the clinic? I can't. No, that's our first children's outreach. And uh, the little guy uh, next to me there is David. And the big guy is Goliath. And the little guy had a hard time throwing his rocks, which actually weren't rocks because we searched the ground over for little pebbles, you know, to throw. But there were no, there was only goat poop all over the, the ground. And Marcy and I was, I was like, Marcy, find me a rock. I got to find a rock. Hurry quick. And we're, we're, it's like, nope, nope, nope. Well, so I found a little plastic tiger that was laying on the ground. I said, this will do. So he throws his tiger and I went, so I had to pick it up and make it fly through the air and hit Goliath. So that's what we're doing there. Yes. The things you do. So, okay. Now we're back to Pastor Jackson's church. This is the uh, solar power supply that he has that operates a well that they've dug. That's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's 150 feet down, which is, or sorry, 150 meters, which is 600 or 500 feet. So it's quite deep. And there's a couple more pictures of the well here that UCOM helped them build. There's the, the big tank they put on top so that they get water pressure. And the pump has inside there. And there's the actual well itself. So that goes down 500 feet. So let me interrupt because the cool thing about this is that his church is in the middle of the Maasai tribe. Mm -hmm. That's Maasai or however you say it. Very um, spread out. They're nomadic. But with this well, what do they do? Yeah, they all come to the church. They have a spigot on the outside of their fence so the Maasai can come and get water from the from the church. So they're the center of everything there. Yep. Because of that. And while we were there there was donkeys full of bottles, like they were collecting water. It was pretty pretty interesting. And there's more of the church. All right. Thank you. That's Kenya. That's what we we did more things, but those are kind of the things that are kind of the main thing to that. Kevin, why don't you come on up? And uh, Kevin had just an absolute wonderful time. He brought his son, Elijah, and Elijah didn't want to talk today, but he was the, the hero of all children's ministry here. He played more hours of soccer, more hours of everything with kids. But Kevin, why don't you share what, what's on your heart? Well, I'll just share briefly. I, um, you know, it's funny. We had uh, multiple prayer meetings going on here, and we were really trying to get our hearts ready to you know, go to Africa, and we'd been praying that we'd bring the fire with us. And uh, coming through the early part of the year, you know, we had we had the Bethel people here, and, you know, we were experiencing a lot of, you know, powerful things. But uh, I remember before I left, I was really trying to prepare my own heart, and I was crying out to God and just trying to get my heart right. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, and I said, Lord, we just want to bring fire with us to Africa. And he said, no. He said, he said, I will set you on fire when you go to Africa. And um, so, so it's funny. He'd give me this scripture, and I'll share the scripture with you. It's out of Isaiah 43. And um, I know you've heard this scripture before, but do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall come forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. <clears throat> the beasts of the field will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches, you know God's bearing witness to you when he says the jackals and the ostriches, and you just come off a safari where you saw a jackal and an ostrich, which they don't see those very often. So I said, oh, Lord, I know this is the scripture. But I'll tell you what, we got to the, and pastor experienced some of the same stuff when he was preaching, and our pastor was so honored uh, at this conference. He was like the keynote speaker. Uh, they wanted him for every session, and I'm talking about pastors from all over Africa. So just know, you know, we got something special here. Amen. Don't, don't consider the things common, okay? It's uncommon. Amen. <clears throat> but uh, 
but uh, so anyway, we get to this church, and um, and all of a sudden, you know, they they, they everybody they kind of introduce themselves, and all of a sudden they go into prayer, and so they're going back and forth, and they're praying, and oh my gosh, it was like the glory fire of God was in this church. It was like oh my goodness, all of a sudden it was like my heart just broke open, and I it was like. Uh, you know, the sound of many waters, and it was like the Lord just started speaking volumes to me, just volumes to me, just so much, so much. And this is just in the prayer time before we even, you know, before, before we even ministered. And, um, and uh, so um, then we went into worship, and the worship was just amazing. It was like everybody was getting on their faces and weeping. I'm talking about dirt, a dirt floor, you know, I mean, when I got up to preach, I mean, I had dirt on my, I was all covered in dirt, because I'd been on my knees, and I'd been, you know, praying, but I'll tell you what, when I went to Africa, my heart got set on fire again, okay, so, you know, we think that what we got is so great, and we're going to go, and we're going to bring them something, and, and, you know, but I'll tell you what, they got something going on there already, and I tell you, it is more blessed to give than to receive, and I think our whole team got so blessed over there, so blessed. I know I did. Uh, it was such a blessing to minister with my son. I, I could tell you stories about all these people, but uh, um, praise the living God. They got, they got it going on over there, and, and we got it going on here. We're, we're blessed here, but a, a, lot of, a lot of places don't have it going on like this. And Amen. Uh, amen. amen. All right. I had the privilege of sitting next to Kevin a lot on our trip, and uh, you know, that's the fun thing on the hours of driving through all the bumpy roads and stuff. You get to you know, chat a lot. So uh, he and I got to talk a lot. And uh, I got to be present when he bought his, um, his, uh, his uh, bracelet here. It was quite the moment. I should show, if you ask, I might show you the video. It was hilarious. There were about 15 Maasai women hanging through the window trying to get him to buy their things. And he's like, ah, and he did buy one. Oh, they got me good, too. They got me good. It's like I must have been, had some, something going on. I think my, my brain was a little confused from all the driving because I think I paid like 20 times more for this than I should have. I fed that guy's kept, whole family probably for like a week. I kept telling Kevin, I think that's a little much. But it's all good, right? It's all good. So, Patty, why don't you come on up and share a little bit. This was a dream come true for Patty. She's been planning to go to Africa since she was 12. And so she finally made it. Why don't you share something? Well, I got the privilege of um, going out on the crusade and telling my testimony for about um, five or ten minutes um, when the cow came through, and I got to save its soul from internal damnation, and it's a holy cow. But no, they don't eat their cows over there. Their cows are very, very special to them, so I felt very honored that one graced its presence in my testimony. Um, And then when we went over on Sunday, we each kind of spread out to different churches so that we could go to as many churches as possible in small groups. And I got to uh, have a privilege again of speaking um, kind of a trifecta, I would call it, with Joel Beattie. Um, So we, we, I shared, everyone on our team just kind of said hello and shared a little bit, and then they handed it over to me, and I got to say a word that was on my heart for a very, 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 long time. Um, And that was just how much the people of Africa are worth to God and how much they are valued by him and that if they could just tap into the fact that they don't have to look around for value, but they could look up for their value and how much they could just start to tap into the things that God has for them and they don't have to look outside sources for that value but just look up for that love and that um, to fill them up with that and then um, Joel came up and just laid out this huge word that he had placed on his heart and it wasn't even preaching it was just completely turning himself off and just a vessel just pouring out all over them and it was so amazing because we had such a heart and we're like, okay, we just want to say the right thing. And you don't get a lot of, mm-hmm, amen, like you think you would. You think you would just get all of this, like, hallelujah and all that kind of stuff. But they were so quiet. So we were like, what's going on? But if you looked at all of them, they were just writing every single word down into a book. Even the pastor, Pastor Arnold, came up after we were done. And it was a trifecta because he, he spoke based off of what we were speaking. And exactly the same verse that I had got from God to share with them is the one that he spoke on the week before I even came. 
Um, and he was just so moved by everything because it fit perfectly what he was trying. The whole church had been fasting. And um, they had been fasting for breakthrough because they were in a school that they're renting. And it has a lot of problems because they have to rent the school at a certain time. It's tucked way back off the road so they can't get a lot of people in unless you actually know where it is. Um, And so they had been praying for breakthrough and fasting for that. And the word that we had brought forth, um, it just fit perfectly in that. And Joel and I had no idea to that effect until Pastor came up and started preaching. Exactly. It's like we were his um, note points. And then he came up and just, like, filled in the rest of them. And the church was just so moved by it. So it was a really, really great time. And it was, uh, for my husband and I, a little bit bittersweet because it was hard for us to leave. Um, we definitely hope to make that our home one day. So Amen. we thank you guys for all your help. Amen. Uh, next is Lori. Come on up, Lori. Where are you, girl? Lori was a trooper, and uh, she was a busy gal. She spent more time working hard. She painted uh, one-handed, one, one womanly. She painted three-fourths of the clinic, which we'll get to pretty soon. She was a hard worker, and uh, why don't you share a little bit about some of the children's ministry we were involved in? Um, we uh, got to touch are, a lot of cute. children's hearts, and uh, they're just starving for affection, for attention, for love or anything that we could give to them. Um, they uh, have no idea how blessed they've made us feel. We uh, watched them uh, and taught them. We blew up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of balloons. Um, them getting a balloon is like a Christmas for them. And so they feel like uh, they're not going to get one, so they all of a sudden swarm you as soon as they see a balloon, and you're like, you can't even fold a balloon, much less pump it up. And uh, so we finally uh, was uh, tried to get into a certain area, but then they'd follow you. And uh, we'd, uh, we went to several of the uh, uh, children's ministries, and we brought balloons with them. Um, even after uh, we gave them the balloons, we still had to find activities uh, to try and teach them uh, about God's love and that God is always there and uh, that they're worth it and that they're not forgotten. And that uh, they are such a blessing. So, Amen. Um, now, some of these pictures here, we spent uh, a day at Boozy. She was, uh, Pastor Susan there was putting on a children's camp. She had over 500 kids stuffed in a little tiny area. So, and this was their lunch. There's the line. line. They all stood in line to get their little lunches and their bowls and their little cup of porridge. And uh, they were there uh, all day long. We split into different age groups. And uh, I took five guinea pigs with me. They didn't, we all didn't know what we were going to do. We ended up taking over and taking over the whole morning session. And they split us up. We didn't have each other to, to rely on. So we all uh, did it. And you know what? We did good. We did we really, did. really good. Played games. I had the teenagers. I was sweating bullets. <laughs> I was thinking way on back, on back to the, ch- the youth ministry days, but it turned out so good. And we had great prayer and lots and lots of kids. See, look at all those balloons. Yeah, we blew those up and twisted them all. <clears throat> I don't think I ever want to see a balloon again in my life. But anyway, (laughs) aren't they cute though? Look at those smiles. Oh my word. So anyway, thank you, Lori. Uh, Barb, why don't you come on up? Barbara was a trooper as well. I did not hear one complaint out of this young lady. We drug her all over the place and she just kept smiling. So Barbara, why don't you share something? I believe you're going to share a little bit about the medical. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Well, um, for me, uh, going to Matukula, I didn't get a chance in 2015 to go there. I got to hear about it. Um, I was on another team. So um, for me, this was definitely a dream achieved and a promise fulfilled. Um, I had the privilege of, um, well, first of all, when we got to Matukula, they introduced the team. And as they got to me, all of a sudden, there was this huge uproar. Everyone was just going crazy. Screaming, Jaja, Jaja, Jaja. That means grandma. So I, that would just touch my heart. And um, this, that was wonderful. So that was what I was called the rest of the trip, Jaja. 
but it was my privilege to be able to help Paul count uh, pills, and um, we did, counted out all the ibuprofen that we had. And uh, to be able to help, I helped uh, Kevin and um, Je Jenna Joe. She also joined us. There were a couple of gals, Jenna Joe and Glenda, that uh, joined our team uh, down in Matukula. And uh, so I had the privilege of working with them to do vitals and to uh, pray over um, each of the individuals as they went into the clinic. Um, now, I have kind of a challenge. We don't know who's going to be on the next team. Some of us are going to pass the baton, and we need one of you to take that baton from us. Keep this dream going. We have the first building built, but there's two more to go. There's another critical care and staff quarters that need to be built as well. So we need you to help us carry this dream on. So I hope you'll answer the call. Amen. Thank you. Gerard, why don't you come on up? You're going to talk a little bit more about this. So that's a, these pictures here, um, the clinic starts off in a big, huge tent where the people gather, and then they get vitals done, and, and they go see the doctors and the nurses, and then they have to come to this window right here. And those beautiful people there, including Barb, Barb wasn't in any of these pictures with the pills, uh, have counted out all the pills, and we give them their medications. So that's kind of how it goes. So Gerard, why don't you tell us a little bit? The medical clinic, I don't know if you know these numbers yet, but Justice said that in Matukula alone, we saw over 500 people. 500 people were treated. Now, you have to remember, they don't have social media over there. So it's word of mouth. And so the first day was a good amount. The second day was crazy. Then we packed up and left and more people came. People were coming days after we had left because they had heard it took a while to get out to their villages and it took them days to walk in. So, I mean, you know, Justice said that they were still showing up. So why don't you share? It, 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 it was the same thing in Kenya. They had uh, they'd put the, the word out in Kenya ahead of the time before we even got there. But I have to put a disclaimer out. I am not a doctor. <laughs> Just putting that out right now. I am not a doctor. Yes. You look like Yet. one, but you know. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I am a nursing assistant. Okay. I'm proud of it. I'm a nursing assistant. So um, right here, what we were doing, um, we were checking for malaria. Um, so in Kenya, we kind of had stations set up to where you'd start off a triage, and then from triage, you would go into um, nutrition. nutrition, where they do body mass index and all that kind of stuff. And then from there, you would move on to see the next room, which was the doctors. And from there, you'd go to the lab, which was another room. And then from there, you would go on to health, which was taught by us. So Kenya had it set up pretty good. Well, I'm the lab right here. Um, we had one area set up for triage, um, and it really took the whole team to get all of this what we did there. It, it wasn't just one particular person. And um, one of the things that we, this, let me say, this church has done for that area is the fact that that clinic right now is, um, the government is using it as a, a, a mod or a, um, a model. There you go. Thank you. They're using it as a model because the, um, the the death rate for babies dying in that area from that clinic is so low that the government doesn't know how that's even. So they're looking at justice and like, what are you doing to that is making it so well? What what is it you're doing that is making the the health in this area so much better? And it's from this church what we've done at this church to help out Amen. there Amen. that is doing that. That's right. Now. Go to the next slide. So, we're still doing some more. Go to the next one. Now, as you can see, Pastor Joel has a needle in her hand. And some people had, you know, some nastiness on their face. And Pastor Joel was like, you know what? I can pop that for you. I can take care of that. But the Lord blessed, and it relieved itself on its own. So... <clears throat> But what I want to say about this is the last time we went, 
There was no uh, immunization that was going on there. This time that we went, the government stepped in and provided nurses for immunization, provided nurses for HIV and AIDS testing. Right, come on. The government provided that because of what we had already been doing there. Again, more inoculations. That, that, wasn't from, that wasn't something that we were doing. The government saw what we were doing there and said, you know what, we want to be a part of that. We want to help. We want to make what you're doing there that much better. And I'm coming to tell you that didn't happen because of just us. That was because of all of you here. That's right. All of you here helped that to happen. Mm -hmm. And as the clinic continues, the government wants to do more. More on top of more on top of more. So the prayers that you send out here and the funds that you send out here to help there is doing so much, so much. Go to the next one. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm not just giving them a, oh, you're so cute. I'm giving him polio. They get oral polio. So you have to squeeze those cheeks and get those little lips to open up and put put two drops in. Again, that wasn't done last time. That wasn't done the last time we were there. So going on to the next one. That's what I do to babies right there. And the next one. And the next one. Is there another one? I think there is. Yep, there you go. (laughs) That's the effect I had on them. They were all crying by the time I was done with them. But they were immunized. Yep, absolutely. Hepatitis B, H flu, diphtheria, tetanus, polio, uh, pertussis, and one more. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but lots of immunizations. Amen? Amen. Are you done? I am. Okay. So Marcy and Sandy, come on up. So these two were absolute um, uh, heroes, and it just, just kind of came about. So let, let, did, do, are we doing first aid? Anybody doing first aid? Do you have? We can throw that in. Okay. So what, well, let me, let me just give an overview very quick before you did. So what we did was we came alongside and partnered with the medical staff that had come in. And our part, portion of it was to, first of all, help them. But we brought in personally, uh, do you remember your first aid, pa- or the first aid packs that you guys built? Yes, they were such a hit. I so wish that you could be there. We would teach first aid to large groups of these people. And they were like this. The whole time, and so excited to get their stuff. So, um, anyway, go ahead. We got to be um, the first ones to teach the first aid in Kenya, and it was a little rough go the first time around. Those are the packs. Those are your kits that you guys made. P.S. Your cards that you put in there was like scandalous if there wasn't a card in theirs. So, more notes next time. (laughs) And we read every one of them to them. And we did not prepare to do the first aid kits because Sandy and I were doing something different. And Joel was like, hey, so are you going to go teach these? And we're like, okay, yay. Marcy brushed her teeth five times that day. At least five times I brushed my teeth that day. Figured out after the first time, do not use toothpaste (laughs) because there's nowhere to really spit it. We were trying to show them how to use a toothpaste, which we did not teach the e e e e oh 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 oh, which there's now thousands of kids all over Uganda doing that. You can ask the team about that. We didn't teach that. <laughs> what we did go prepared to do was <laughs> we. So one of my passions is um, you guys help fund the hygiene kits. And before we went, I decided to take a class with this organization called Days for Girls. And what they do is they are, there's just some pictures of that, so I'm just going to let it scroll. Um, They make kits for menstruation and they're reusable pads because um, disposables are not available there. And a lot of girls do a lot of crazy things to keep their period from happening. So I contacted this company called Days for Girls there in Bellingham, ironically, and I took a class in Everett, and Sandy decided to join me. You're not going without me. Yeah, so, and I just took it because I wanted to know, they taught about all sorts of myths and different techniques and ways that you can teach how these kits work. And we just thought, well, we ordered the kits ahead of time, but we thought, we'll just go and get educated. But uh, So I had been, before, I don't know if you guys remember, some of you may or may not, about four or five years ago, you all bought some sewing machines and some knitting machines, and that got a women's empowerment center up and running in Uganda. Um, so now they're a few years down the line, and they've 
they've learned to, to make these kits, had no idea kind of what we were buying, bought them sight unseen, um, talked with a the leader there, you know, Facebook and email and said, we'll take a hundred and y'all helped buy those. We got there and we had a, a bag, I don't about as about as tall as this full of them and we opened them up and the very one right on top said days for girls yeah so we had no we idea that um irene is the gal who helped made them and she is actually a micro enterprise with the same people that i did my training that sandy and i did our training with so we did not know that until we got there um i don't know where the picture of the kits are but so we taught four classes in matukala um, these are some of the women holding up their kits. They come in like a little string backpack and you, you, they're like gold there for these ladies. I mean, it was like mayhem a little bit. So, um, the first class we got to teach was in the school right next to that's the maternity the clinic. They're amazing. Yeah. So it's a, a mud, mud walls, dirt floors. Actually, I think they use mud and dung to help hold the walls together grass roof, real short, we're in there. We had 18, 13 to 15 year olds. Yeah. And, and there was a little bit of giggling and a little bit of, you know, but they were so thrilled. And um, they each got to, you know, share with us a little bit about themselves and learn a ton. And they also took home first aid kits. Yeah. Um, so this, this is a big deal. I know you think, oh, that's kind of weird to talk to them about their period. But um, when you don't have any other option and there's not a grocery store to go, um, the extremes that they go to, to for their periods is humongous. And most of these guys did not hear us do our class. And that's um, okay. And, and so, yeah, so it's like a big secret. So it sounds all like interesting. One of our interpreters, we were a little short on interpreters. So we grabbed one of our drivers Hey, Richard, hey, come Richard. on over. Yes, yeah, so we had a man translate about how to use a washable pad. and um, But at the end, he it, said, can I get a kit for my 15-year-old daughter? Yes, so this is, this is a big deal for them. And it, it went over really, really well. We learned a lot. And that class that we took here was, it was such a big deal. Thank God there's no pictures of me wearing the underwear. Um, thank you, Jesus. Oh, there is? Oh, oh great. Just ask the team later. We'll yeah, ask the team later about that. One of the things we also learned while we were there um, was when we went to our training class, we learned how to make what they, what they call a tippy tap. Um, and it is a hand-washing station, if you can go to that slide. That's a tippy-tap. It looks like a rickety stick with a... Be- sorry, before anything else is said, the ladies built this. We no did. guys helped to build this. So for all you ladies that think you can't do anything, the ladies built that. <laughs> the ladies built that. Yeah, so... Well, it was with a little help from the Ugandans. We needed two sticks that had a Y at the end, you know. And I kept asking young men, can you go find me? And they weren't moving. Finally, I said, I'll give you a toothbrush if you'll go get me two sticks with a Y. They ran off. They were back in no time with their little two sticks. And the only other thing that they, well, and we had to send somebody to town for the clean jerry can. Yeah. And we had it all put together, but apparently we were missing something. So a couple of the older guys caught on to what we were doing, and they found little pieces of rubber on the ground and tied that cross stick to the Y's for us. Yeah. That little garbage. It was literally their garbage they picked up off the ground and turned it into something absolutely beautiful. A tippy tap is a hand washing station. So you step on it. There's like a stick in the front. You probably can't see it in these pictures. And it tips the jerry can forward. You can kind of see it tipping there. And that creates the water. It has a tiny hole cut in the front and the water tips out. So it's a way for them to have a hand washing station that uses as minimal amount of water and uses local ingredients um, we actually had that soap. Barbara had it. That is a bar of Dove soap. I don't know if we have the video of them using this, um, but it was the kids were basically lathering themselves up, and yeah, there's a sideways time, video. So yep. they the water was starting to run out, so they're holding it because it, it's a, the whole point is to not use a lot of water. So so we had been teaching hand washing in the first aid. Yes, mm-hmm. we we had the whole hand washing thing down. Been teaching that in the first aid kit. Um, yeah, but the word says that if you say, go be warm and be filled and don't give you any food or any clothes, what good is that, right? Right. This gave them the ability 
you know, our words weren't just empty that way. We yeah. said, here's how you do it. And then we said, here's, here's how you do it. You can build this at every yeah. location. Everybody can have one. That's with local, in, none of that stuff besides the soap we provided, that's all local stuff that we just found laying around, literally. So, so the kids didn't knock it over, praise God. But this is, you can't tell, but this is right outside of Justice's Clinic off of the men's bathroom that will one day be finished. Um, and we hope it to be a model. And when we go back the next few times that there will be all over the place because it's so easy to make. And one other thing I want to say, a lot of times when we go and we give things out, people take it and they smile and they seem grateful enough, but they walk away. When this was finished, we had dozens and dozens of people coming up and saying, thank you and hugging and high fiving and just about in tears. I, I, I was in tears. It was amazing. All right. Thank you, girls. Joel Beatty, come on up and share what you had. Joel Beatty. Joel Beatty had an adventure one day. Whoops. You, you had an adventure. And uh, can you share with them kind of what all you uh, took care of that one day? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I just, just want to say a couple things because uh, pastor gave me five minutes. And so uh, uh, there was, there was uh, three minutes. Okay, it's been shortened to three minutes. But uh, there was, there was a, a, mo- a few moments that are just, uh, yeah, we all have great moments. But uh, we had gone, uh, Jonathan, Kevin, and I, we went down to the main uh, church after the whole mish- mission trip was just about over. And we ran into the apostle who was in charge of, uh, over 400 churches, uh, Stephen Mayanja, and he just a uh, busy man, and, and he happened to be standing right outside, and he, over 20 minutes, gave it the whole sermon to the three of us that he just preached that we had missed, and then uh, he ended up uh, prophesying over Jonathan and imparting a mantle over him and just a game changer for Jonathan. And uh, Kevin and I were witnesses. And his main verse was Leviticus 6, 13, uh, 12 and 13. And that talks about the priest that kept the fire burning at the temple. And we all know that we're the priests that in, in, uh, in this era that we're the priests of the Lord. And it's so important to keep the fire burning because if we don't keep the fire burning, then where's the attraction to those that are lost? And part of that story was talking about how going into northern Ghana and how they're, they're, uh, it's all Muslim and there's, they're, they're bringing signs and wonders and the fire is on the altar. Amen. And so uh, that, that applies to us here in the United States. Uh, if you want, if you want, you want people attracted to God and who He is and His love and His goodness, uh, you got to keep your fire burning. So, uh, Amen. I want to, I want to get in, get into this construction here. So we had a fun time, uh, lar- lar- not a large, but a portion of this medical trip was to be able to do some uh, construction, and uh, that first, the first slide was actually a picture of the backside of the medical facility, and we were all walking there the first day to do work. Uh, we knew going into this that we wanted to get the exterior painted. Uh, they have, they've already finished the structure pretty much on the, the inside. There's still things to be done, and I believe there was some furniture, different things that were going to be delivered. So the first few days, there was a uh, half a dozen of us uh, doing painting on the exterior, if we could slow down on the slides for just a second, and then... Uh, Go back to the beginning of his set, because I think there's... Was there painting? Go ahead. So, oh, so, yeah, we'll just go forward. So you can see its concrete color on the outside of, that, of the facility there. So does anybody know the square footage of the building? No. I would guess that it's probably somewhere around 3,200 square feet. Uh, it's actually pretty good size. It's a, it's a large, it's a large building for there. It, uh, it's six miles south of Matukala, uh, out on a, down a long dusty road. And in this small community of maybe, uh, I would guess 20,000 people, 10 to 20,000 people. It is the number one structure in that community and new horizon 
funded the whole thing. That's right. And it's a total, and all of all of you, and and it's just a testament to uh, what we what we got going on here, and we're changing a whole little sub community of Matukula, and uh, it's just it'll oh great, we got some painting here. So you can see us. That, so their construction is a lot different. Two coats of primer and then the top coat. So while that was being done, a lot of times on these mission trips, you don't know what construction can take place until you get there on site. And then you decide, hey, this is what we're going to spend the money on. So if we start going through the pictures, what they really needed was uh, a water retention tank for the rainwater. So there's two, two different types of ways to get water is either out of the ground with with a well that costs between ten and fifteen thousand dollars and a lot of times you'll have a a solar panel that will have be connected to a pump to pump it out the other is is this this way that's coming up and that's to uh, have gutters that go into a large barrel and then all of that water they they can even use that water for drinking water so what we decided to do on the spur of the moment was I took a trick trip up to Masaka, which is ended up by uh, Boda Boda, which is a dirt bike, and uh, and a taxi. Which how is many a, were on the Boda Boda when you climbed on? There was three of two, us. So there was three. Three of us. Motorcycle. So when I told when I told them I was 118 kilos. Uh, they they uh, you know almost fell off the dirt bike, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it was extremely uh, extremely funny. <laughs> so uh, I I spent a half a day going up to the big town and we purchased a uh, five thousand liter uh, tank that's from India, not China, because the plastic lasts longer. There it is, right there. We're actually loading it on the truck. And you rent the truck up the street like a taxi. And then we, uh, we made the trek down uh, into the evening, and it's dark. And when we got to the Tanzanian border, border they wanted to uh, see my passport. But uh, we don't, it's advised that we don't carry our passports with us so they're not stolen. So uh, I was detained for a short time. Okay, I did not hear about this detainment. I did not hear about this detainment. How did that go for you? No one told me about so, that. So, yeah, he kept he kept saying, "Where's your passport? Where's your passport?" And I, I said, "I said it's locked. It's locked up in a lockbox in Kampala." And then he says, "Why would you do that?" And then well, you come with me. And so then. Uh, <laughs> So then while I was being detained, there was a phone call to Dr. Justice, and then he got me out of uh, detainment. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, so, so we were able to install all of, this, uh, all of this. If we go to the next slide, you can see there was probably about 16 feet of gutter hanging out the back there. And that was, uh, you know, things that we don't necessarily do here. Next slide. Uh, then, then we get to, uh, this is really interesting. If you've always wondered where brick come from, well, they come from a hole like that and they dig the clay out. And then that little table there is where the brick are cut and then they're put into a big stack and then a fire lit in the middle and then they're, they're kilned and dried. So this is a little, little Muslim boy standing in the pit with the goats around, and then him and I hung out in that dark shadow down below there uh, in the beating sun as we were uh, picking up uh, a thousand brick. Next slide. So we had to build a... Uh, next slide. That's the gutters being hung. We had to build a, a foundation for the tank. So these are some pictures. So they dig down about six feet, and they fill it with rock. And then in that circle there... They're getting ready. Next slide. They're getting ready to uh, pour concrete, and then you can see there the building's now painted. The the 5,000 liter tank is set on that foundation, and this is the big team picture at the end. And uh, big deal, really big deal. Next slide. Now all the kids are jumping in, so a lot of fun. Next slide. 
These were the workers that were hired by the doctor to uh, do the construction. Uh, a bunch of good guys from uh, Masaka. And uh, next slide. Oh, that's, that's it. End. Good. We made it back. <laughs> so uh, good stuff. There's always things to do. But just so you guys know, uh, the clinic has water and pretty much as much as they need. And uh, we're, we were able to capture it. And it's a real blessing. Now, we missed two pictures on there of Spencer fin- putting the finishing touches on the electrical in there. So that there is a solar panel now and lights, one light bulb in each room. So he doesn't have to do just off of the yeah. headlamp. So, so one of the funny stories was uh, James here uh, was, went up into the attic. We were hoping to get there early or late, late in the evening, not in the heat of the day, but, uh, James had to go up in the attic to, there were some loose wires and he survived. That's the main thing. <laughs> you don't know what, huh? Six hours. You were up there six hours. I was wondering where you had gone. Oh my. Yes, so uh, busy, busy time, busy time, and uh, everything that you have put in on this, uh, literally, it was so effective. I mean, we did not have any moment where any of us were standing around doing nothing. Uh, you know, just some of the things that, that just pop in my head constantly are just, you know, the, the different moments of when these people were just, uh, when the tippy tap happened, I mean, it was like, that is genius. And even our drivers came over and hugged us and said, we can do, I'm going to build one of these at my house. I mean, that's kind of how life is for, for the vast majority of the people there. So absolutely fun times. Uh, you know, God, it says in, in uh, Romans that God is the God uh, who calls things that are not and gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as if they are. God calls the weak strong, the sick well, the fearful courageous, and the lost found. God goes into places where there is nothing and he puts something. He puts a call on somebody's heart and he promises that um, these African people, he gave a promise to justice that this was going to happen years ago. And when God gives a promise, it's not instantaneous. It it has a process that has to go, go with it. There's a journey that goes with a promise. Every promise has a journey with it. Otherwise, it would be called a miracle because it would happen just like that. But there's far more promises in the Bible. Actually, 5,400 promises are in the Bible, as opposed to miracles. There's some miracles in the Bible, but there's a lot more promises. Because God is into the journey that comes from a promise. And we have been part of the journey for this promise. This medical clinic was promised But it's not just medical clinic, it's the ability, it's just a total open door for us to come in and preach the gospel. Before every medical clinic, I got up and preached. We had 112 people saved. I mean, that was just the ones that showed up. There was a a Muslim lady sitting right here. And Kevin, you remember that one. And I totally, I totally shaped this message to go to a Muslim that, that God cares. See, the Muslim God doesn't care. The Muslim God is distant. The Muslim God won't move on behalf. And so I preach, I preach the best sermon on the planet. Everybody got saved. I mean, everybody raised their hand, but she didn't, unfortunately. And I kept looking at her like, you want to accept Christ? Come on. I did my best here. And she, you could see on her face. She was, she was just she was in a valley of decision and she, she, you know, and Ramadan actually was starting here just a day or two ago, right? And she was just, I could see it working on her face. But you know what? I planted those seeds. I didn't get to reap that harvest, but I'm believing that God's promise to me is that that woman will eventually accept Christ. God gives promises. He's the God of promise, but he's also faithful to the end. You all have been given promises. You're in your journey. God's going to be faithful to you to the end. Just like we were able to see this particular promise come to fruition, yours will too. Stay faithful to the journey. Stay faithful to it. 
I'm telling you what, that place, can you show the first picture of, uh, it says under, under me, I think. That place was desolate. That place was desolate. Look, there's nothing there. That's the first team that went two years ago. And we laid the foundation for that, that clinic. Now look at it. Okay, now I want you to see this picture. So once again, that, that building is probably the best building in I don't know how many square miles around. Now see all the shadows in the front there? Those are the Africans standing there that, came, that were there to the end. And they said, we ought to get out of the way. We got, it's, all, it's all about the team. But look at that. Those shadows are the legacy of what's going to happen. That building is going to stand after we die. That building is going to stand and be there. There's going to be, the word of God's going to be preached from there. Hope's going to come out of there. Health and healing is going to come out of there. That's going to play, be a place in a very desolate, just nothing. If I could just tell you, the first time I went there, we were driving down the road for hours and hours and hours, getting farther and farther out into nowhere. And after a while, I got mad. I got mad. My bum was tired. It had been hours and hours and hours. And I finally I got mad and, and I turned, I think it was Sandy. I go, why in the world are we out here? Couldn't we have found someplace closer? I mean, I was getting ticked off. I was really, I hate to admit it, you know, but that's why we were there. That's why we were placed there because it's so far. And this is yours. This is yours. This is not mine. This is the legacy that New Horizon is leaving. And you are leaving. Furniture was bought to fill them. We, we bought four beds, numerous chairs, tables, pillows, sheets, blankets. The money for that came in very last minute. So I wasn't able, it, it had to be delivered. And that's a good seven hour delivery trip. I don't know. Um, but it, it wasn't able to get there, but it is there now. So I was really sad that I couldn't uh, take pictures of that. But God is good. Many people saved, many people healed, many people taken care of, uh, infections washed, wounds washed, uh, infections lanced, um, lots of malaria treated for, immunizations for children, teachings going on constantly that they just didn't know. A lot of the people had never seen toothpaste or a toothbrush. They had sticks. So I traded sticks for toothbrushes that you bought. And you brought, and you packed, and you were so generous with. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we just love you and praise you and honor you. And Lord God, we just ask you right now to just put your seal upon this team. Thank you for the, the success and all the fun stories. Lord God, I just ask you right now for your Holy Spirit to come down and uh, bless us. Uh, bless that uh, clinic. And may it keep continuing on in Jesus' name. And I pray for the next team. Maybe you're sitting here thinking about going. I pray for the next team that you might get uh, tickled in your gizzard to go with us. In Jesus' name, amen.